We're here today with the editors of God and Guns, The Bible Against American Gun Culture, Christopher B. Hayes and Carly L. Crouch. Chris is the D. Wilson Moore Professor of Old Testament and Ancient Near Eastern Studies at Fuller Theological Seminary. He's the author of Hidden Riches, a source book for the comparative study of the Hebrew Bible and the ancient Near East, The Origins of Isaiah 24 through 27, and Death in the Iron Age 2 and in First Isaiah which won the Manfred Lautenschlager Award for Theological Promise in 2013. Carly L. Crouch is Professor of Hebrew Bible and Old Testament and Ancient Judaism at Radboud University in the Netherlands. She's the author of War and Ethics in the Ancient Near East, Israel and the Assyrians, The Making of Israel, and An Introduction to the Study of Jeremiah. She's a uh, President of the Pacific Coast Region of Society of Biblical Literature and serves on the editorial boards of several series, including Westminster John Knox's Press, uh, Old Testament Library, for which she's writing a volume on the Book of Amos. So thank you both so much for joining us. Good to be here with you. Thanks for having us. So you've got an interesting new book, and I want to obviously dive into that. But before we get there, maybe you could just each of you tell us just a little bit more about your backgrounds beyond what I touched on. Sure. Well, since I, I know that many of your viewers are, are writers, I'll share that I, I have a, a long background with, with different kinds of writing. I, I've been a, a published poet. I've, I've been a newspaper journalist. Uh, and then I found my way into academia, um, searching for, for something that would feel more enduring uh, to, to spend my life on. And, and so you know, I found my way to seminary. And then uh, onto the PhD in, in Hebrew Bible, and, and finally here to, to Fuller in 2008, where I've been ever since uh, teaching seminarians and, and writing. Um, I guess, so if, if you want to hear about my, my books, I can say, say a couple words about those or? Uh, yeah, sure, that'd be great. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I came out of a sort of comparative approach to the ancient Near East. So my, my first book is a, a fairly classic dissertation, trying to contextualize the prophet Isaiah's rhetoric about life and death in light of how life and death were viewed in the ancient Near East. Um, and then, but I think it's my second book that has been the most fun for me. It's called Hidden Riches. And it's a, it's a kind of a textbook trying to explain to lay people or just the man on the street why people would, would want to compare the Bible with other ancient uh, literature and, and what comes out of it uh, when you do that. And so that's, that's been a nice thing to be able to hand to people uh, who who want to know more about our field. Cool. Carly, go ahead. Thanks. Um, so I have a, a fairly uh, classical, straight into academia kind of background and training, um, you know, straight through and in, in, uh, into an academic position. But um, my interests have tended to revolve a lot around uh, issues of ethics and um, the intersection between ethics and theology and ethics and cultural context. Um, and historical contexts. So um, one of my, my first book um, was on war and ethics in the ancient Near East, and it was particularly trying to think about how ideas about war and violence connected with war um, were formed and shaped in response to particular um, social and historical contexts. Um, and, you know, I've worked on various other sorts of texts and topics since then, but this, this interest in connecting um, the biblical texts and their origins in particular contexts um, with 
their ethical views and then thinking then in contemporary terms about how our own historical and social contexts form us as ethical and moral thinkers um, has been a recurring kind of concern of mine. So God and Guns is you know, part of that, that wider interest and in, in kind of project. And um, as I mentioned, you're at Radbow now, but you were previously at Fuller. That's correct. That's correct. Yes. So I spent a few years uh, at Fuller Seminary um, having uh, really lovely, fantastic conversations with uh, particularly students who are you know, really engaged with these questions of, you know, how do we connect these ancient texts to the contemporary questions and concerns of our modern world. Um, so God and Guns, we did a, another conference on migration issues and what the Bible might have to say into uh, contemporary um, so-called migration crisis. Um, I've done a little bit of work on um, American incarceration practices, thinking about what uh, a prophetic voice like the book of Ezekiel might have to say um, to, to that system. Um, and, you know, those, those really arose out of conversations with students. Um, so that was, that's been really you know, a, a privilege to, to have those conversations. Hmm. So, so the new book that you've edited that I mentioned, you know, God and Guns, the Bible against American gun culture. Um, I read that that is the first book to argue against gun culture from a biblical studies perspective, um, which is very interesting. Um, is that what motivated you to, to write that? Yeah, it's, it's quite striking. If you search Amazon on the keywords God and guns, the, you know, the kinds of things that pop up are not, shall we say, um, carefully argued theology. It's, it's usually sort of in the, in the pro-gun camp and the idea that, that uh, God wants us all to have as many guns as, as possible and you know, T-shirts and, and things like that. So uh, it, it was surprising not to see more work in this space. Of course, there, there are some, some great things out there. These are mentioned in in the preface to the book there are you know there have been theologians um, who have been trying to think uh, broadly about this issue and and some pastors who've written books on the, on the practical aspects of it but um, I, I think that what we try to do as as scholars is to um, in part is to work you know with the Bible to to hear what it's saying and, and to help our, our students and our our readers here and and this is a topic on which we you know, we really couldn't find uh, other work. And so, um, yeah, we, we had a conference. We, um, you know, we, we've been in touch through social media and other contacts with other faculty around the country who, ha who have been just as troubled by this as we have for years. It's been this ongoing crisis. And so um, when we decided with the help of uh, Professor Crouch's chair fund to, to hold this, this conference, we knew some people that that we could reach out to and, and sure enough this came together fairly quickly and so the you know we, we met and and talked and gave uh gave these lectures and, and then really worked them into a, a book that is is written for a popular audience and, and not an academic book uh but that that really does take a deep dive into the bible you know both testaments and uh comes up with some great resources well, you know, I just love the fact that, you know, that's the approach you guys have taken, you know, to take, you know, the, the deep study and take it outside of the walls of the seminary and, you know, to make it accessible for the rest of us. I, I just think that's an incredibly important thing um, and, and valuable thing for, for us all. Um, so thanks for, for, you know, making the effort to do that. Um, so the book is a compilation of 
chapters from different folks. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Yes, we asked um, really about half a dozen uh, colleagues to to come at this issue, um, you know, which of course is not addressed explicitly in the biblical texts. Um, you know, guns were not uh, a thing two thousand years ago, two and a half thousand years ago, um, and so we we ask a number of colleagues to to come to this issue, to think creatively, to think about um, how. Um, you know, biblical texts, um, biblical you know, values, priorities, concerns um, might speak into this into this issue. Um, so we have um, Brent Strawn uh, and Yolanda Norton. Uh, Chris writes an essay. Uh, Tracy Lamosh, uh, Shelley Matthews, and Dave Lincecum. So a range of of scholars um, from across the country, from a variety of different uh, intellectual, religious, cultural backgrounds. Um, training institutions, um, all bringing their voices to bear on this issue. Um, yeah. One of the key things here, you know, as as Carly mentioned, um, that there are no texts about guns in the Bible, and so one of the things that I think tends to happen in these debates is that people start to focus on a very limited set of proof texts. So it's it's often texts about swords, right? And so we, uh, um, David Lincecum in particular, do, does take on those texts. You know, you know. Uh, but uh, I think that what's nice about it is that you have these scholars who, who who know the Bible more comprehensively, who have actually brought in some other really interesting uh, material. So, like uh, Tracy brought it, uh, talks about the bow as a weapon and, and and what the bow symbolizes in the Bible and its world, uh, and then what that means about um, masculinity and and what you know why men seem to want guns so much. What you know what kind of uh, powers that that symbolizes for them. I'm working with the text where Isaiah tells Hezekiah not to fortify the city, not to practice self-defense if it's done unjustly. And and so we're we're really I, I think that what you know what this could do for a church reading group or for a, a pastor who wants to preach a, a sermon series is to point them to a whole bunch of new resources that would you know open up new vistas and and not just the same old same old. So would you say that among the different contributors in their chapters, there's a relatively universal overarching viewpoint, or is there more controversy within the book? No, this is not a book about the controversy. There, there's enough controversy out there in the culture. I think that it, it, we, what we have tried to do, though, is to write this from a sympathetic standpoint. And so in my preface, I talk about the fact that my, my grandfather was a rancher that had a, a case of guns in his living room and that I, I shot skeet, you know, with the boy scouts. And so I, so we're, we're not foreigners to guns. Um, and, uh, Stanley Hauerwas's uh, forward also takes a story from his background where he, his father gave him a gun and he was rude to his father and, and now feels, you know, feels bad about that, but still, you know, it's, uh, still I believe that it's a problem. So we, we hope it's a book that can be read, um, by people who are, not yet convinced that the witness of the Bible is to um, it is a, a fairly nonviolent witness, uh, and we hope that they'll find it ironic. Um, but it it is unified in. I mean, it's it's the subtitle. It's the Bible uh, 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 against um, American uh, gun culture, so that there are no. Um, no 
misrepresentation of, of it being a, a pro and con type of book. <laughs> Super. So who would you say is the primary target audience then for the book? Interested parties across a, a pretty wide range of, of contexts. I mean, you know, perhaps amongst the, you know, the obvious target demographics, um, you know, lay Christians in the pews, um, you know, people who um, perhaps are uh, living and working in contexts where, where guns are prevalent, um, are trying to think carefully and thoughtfully about what the biblical texts might have to say um, about gun ownership and, and the use of guns, um, you know, the, the place that, that guns have in American culture. Um, one, of the, one of the things that comes up in a number of the essays is um, the question of, um, particularly for Christians, how um, guns and, and particularly the, the social and um, value that's been placed on guns in, in a lot of um, you know, segments of American society, um, is, is that compatible with um, you know, an explicitly cr Christian um, orientation and, and way of life. Um, um, you, you talk a little bit at, at greater length about this, you know, God and, and the gun is, is, is essentially competing, um, um, orientating perspectives. Yeah. One of the things that, that comes out of some of the social scientific data, there, there is a correlation between people who call themselves Christian and gun ownership. However, that breaks down when you look at who actually goes to church and, and is part of a faith a community in an active way. So that um, you know, there's a kind of a, a, a nominal cultural Christianity that uh, that correlates with with higher gun ownership, but but it, but it's less so with people who actually uh, up, um, uh, um, uh, take part uh, actively. I would just add that if if we could get this book into the hands of you know Sunday school groups all over the country, that you know, that, that would be my my best goal. You know, read a chapter a week, um, you know, meet and and uh, talk about it and and how that plays out in, in your own area. Uh, that you know, that would be fantastic. We've also had friends who teach in in you know, colleges and, and seminaries who've written to us and said that they plan to use this in in that type of coursework. So you know, various options. I, I think hopefully. Good, good. So maybe each of you could answer this next question too. Um, if there was one particular thing that you'd like for people to take away from the book, what would it be? One particular thing. Well, uh, maybe I'll, I'll list a couple. One, one is that the, there's a myth of, of self-defense that guns make us safer. And I mean, it, it, even though the book is not, not about the, you know, the gun data per se, it does lead with a whole bunch of stats about guns. And one is that you are far more likely to be killed by your own gun if you have one in the house than you are to, to keep yourself safe with it. So it's, it's not actually um, a, a sort of um, a, a good self-defense tool. But secondly, that I, I suppose that, that the message that you might take away from both mine and David Lincecum's articles are, is that the example of Christ calls us to something other than mere personal self-defense. It, it, it calls us to self-sacrifice and to a, a care for the whole world that is just as concerned about our, our neighbor's safety as our own. And that when we live in a, in a culture that's poisoned by 
this huge um, proliferation of, of firearms that it, it creates a, a very unsafe and, and frightening world for our, our neighbors, our children, our families. And so uh, we, we have to aim for, for better as a culture. And I think I just pick up on that and, and focus in on really the consequences of of gun culture for the most vulnerable members of our society, um, you know, whether that is children who are living in homes with with firearms, um, the statistics on on firearms accidents uh, involving children are are utterly tragic. Um, you know, in in then beyond sort of the immediate confines of the home. Um, you know, the proliferation of guns um, and a highly militarized, violent um, culture, um, you know, in, in neighborhoods and, and segments of our communities um, that are already vulnerable um, and that that's you know, in, in many places turned into a, a spiraling, um, you know, a downward spiral of, of uh, violence between the state and, um, you know, people on the street and, and the consequences for our social fabric, for um, our, our communities have been really catastrophic. Um, and so as, as Chris said, um, you know, the, the, uh, the need for healing and, and care for our communities, um, and particularly those who are especially vulnerable in our communities, um, is, is a really significant threat of the book. Well, amen to both uh, what you said. I, I am appreciative of, of this book and I really hope that it has a big impact quite frankly in a much badly needed arena so um, you know I'm really glad that you wrote it I hope that uh, it does well in terms of its its breadth and distribution I mean uh, it, it's only recently been released right I mean how, how has it done so far what kind of reaction have you had it's been too soon to see the sales numbers of it, it's. It, I, I suppose it's probably been ranked okay on Amazon, and uh, but I, uh, you know, we tend to only get the year-end reports. And uh, but I, I will say this: that I mean, that we have we've done four or five different podcast you know, type interviews with, you know, with different people. So from you know, from the standpoint of of the PR interest, it, it's been far beyond most of what we write. I think that's safe to say. Yeah, and I think anecdotally. <laughs> Anecdotally, I mean, I, I think certainly our, our experience of, of the public reaction to this book mm-hmm. has been very different than, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, we, we certainly write scholarly books for our scholarly audiences and, you know, people in our, in our fields are interested yeah. in those things. But, but there's been a much wider and, um, you know, really quite robust response to the announcements of the publication um, you know, people being in touch with us, um, asking if it's coming out in yeah. ebook, if it's coming out in audiobook. It is coming out as an audiobook, um, and so you know, a real interest yeah. um, that's that's been really wonderful to see. I think that there will there will be two phases with with this book's reception. So it's it's a kind of a high five, thumbs up book where people hear just that you've done it and they're like, oh, cool, you know, high five, great. Um, but then, I, and so I I just had a had a, a friend who's a faculty member outside of theology, who's not, not a Christian at all, who, who wrote to me yesterday to say, wow, this is so great. This is what, what, I, what uh, uh, Christianity needs. So I'm, I'm hoping that it's, 
it's a better representation of, of Christianity out there in the culture than how we're we're usually linked with guns, you know, which is as as pro gun. Um, but I we're also hoping for a, a long tail, as it were, you know, with the reception. We're we're hoping to hear back in two or three years that you know that someone's taught this book, you know, that someone has had their church read this book, and that it's it's changed the conversations um, in all all those different contexts that that we're that we're hoping to inspire. So I, I'm not, you know, I, we're not concerned about the sales as such, but we're, we're hoping to change the culture. I mean, um, I, I think there's a really good chance of both what you said, you know, kind of a, an immediate impact here, you know, around the book launch, but then also that long tail. I think that this will be a valuable reference for people going forward. It's not just going to be a flash in the pan. I mean, unfortunately it's a need that probably isn't going to go away very quickly. So it's going to be needed. Yep. So um, anything you can talk about in terms of future collaboration or writing that either one of you want to talk about? Oh, I suppose I'm, I might mention, um, so I'm, you mentioned I'm working on a book on Amos. Um, one of my intentions, my hopes with that. Um, so that book will be, we targeted also for, fairly broad audience, um, you know, preachers, church folk, um, also s- some scholars. Um, but one of the things that I'm particularly interested in thinking about in that book um, are the ways that this ancient prophetic texts continue to speak, especially into um, political and social ethical issues of today. Um, you know, how um, various concerns, particularly about poverty, about um, abuse of power, um, continue to speak. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to getting further on in that project. I don't want to say too much about this, so I'll, I'll be slightly vague, but I, I have a, a forthcoming uh, project with my father, uh, Richard Hayes, who was at, at Duke University for, for many years that will be on, on human sexuality and will be a, a sort of co-authored work of, of theology, somewhat similar to, to God and Guns, but just the two of us and trying to once again, reshape that uh, a conversation about what's been a, a very divisive issue, particularly within the church and, and also somewhat within U.S. politics. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm continuing to try to reach beyond the guild and, and my fellow scholars and while also, you know, keeping my, my more traditional scholarship rolling, which is probably a, a whole other uh, ball of wax from from this conversation <laughs> sure, sure. well you know please uh, keep me posted on you know both of uh, your works and um you know it sounds like some some great things that you're going to be continuing to do and um i really want to thank you guys for the courage that you showed to come out with this book that's obviously got some controversy to it but you know incredibly badly needed so thank you so much for that a great pleasure really so um, other than Amazon, where can people learn about the book and about both of you? So the publisher is Westminster John Knox. And so um, the book is available directly from them in all of its forms. Um, as I said, um, print copy, ebook, audiobook is forthcoming. Um, and uh, you know, both of us are very Googleable. Um, <laughs> So um, our, probably our faculty web pages and, and so on are. Academia.edu is a place that I, I keep mm-hmm. up to date. And, and I have a, a Facebook group called Ancient 
Near Eastern Studies at Fulbright, which is fairly widely followed. So mm -hmm. if if people want to hear more about that side of my work, those two are, are yeah. good options. Yeah. And I have a personal website, which is carlylcrouch.net, um, where I sometimes post about projects. So. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Carly and Chris, thank you so much for, um, you know, doing this work and for spending time with us. And I'm, I'm glad to help you get the word out about it. Thank Absolutely, you, Brian. Thank you.